we're going to go back to the book of Hebrews. You'll recall we were in the chapter 4, and we had kind of taken chapter 4 as a whole in our last study. We took the last study as a whole, as we see there in verse 1, let us therefore fear. We went, we went through the chapter as a whole, looking into where the four different places where the Lord instructs us, let us. And we spent a little time with that. And this morning I want to pick up again there in chapter 4, this time in verses 5 through 10. So if you'd like to read with me, join me in Hebrews chapter 4, beginning at verse 5. And in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest, seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. And again, he limited this a certain day, saying in David, Today, after so long a time, as it is said, Today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. For if Jesus had given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day? There remaineth, therefore, a rest to the people of God. Now, aren't you thankful for that? There remaineth, therefore, a rest to the people of God. Verse 10, For he that is entered into his rest, he also hath ceased from his own works, as God did from his. Now, the seventh-day rest is a, a typical day of rest that was given to the folks uh, as, a, as a, uh, an ordinance in the Old Testament. And the land of Canaan was a typical land of rest. It was a picture of milk and honey, of rest for the people of, of Israel. And the Lord had promised them that. He promised them that land. But when they got there, if you recall, all but uh, Joshua and Caleb came back with, oh no, we can't, we, there's giants in that land. They didn't believe God's word. When the Lord said to these people, this is your rest. Now, I want you to picture this because this is what God is telling you and I. There's a rest, folks, for you and I on the si other side of the Jordan. It starts right now in us resting in Him, but it's going to be a perfect, peaceful rest when we get there. Some of us are a little closer than others, aren't we? But that's what this is talking about. God has promised you and I, His people, those for whom His Son has died, that there is a rest for us in eternity. And that's what this is talking about here. He, these people, these folks that had come, all of Israel had come, and all the spies came back outside of J, uh, Joshua and Caleb, and they had said, there's giants there. There's no way we can take over this place. There's no way that this is going to be ours. And so the Lord turned them around because of unbelief. This is a picture of the way of the world. There's no rest for you in heaven unless you come down here to the front of the pulpit and pray. There's no rest for you unless you worship on Saturday. The unbelieving Jews did not enter into the land of Canaan, but were turned around and wandered in the wilderness until they all died. All of those who were over 20, they never entered 
and to God's rest. But notice there it says in verse 5, And in this place, if they shall enter, seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein. Now what if all of Israel had been left to themselves out in the, out in the wilderness? Did not God promise that land? Did he not promise Israel, the, the people of Israel? Now those ones who didn't believe God, they he let them wander around out in the wilderness. Folks, do you see the grace of God in bringing the people back? Bringing those who had, that he had chosen to come back and take the land of, it, uh, of Canaan at the time? Some had to enter, is what the Lord said. There were some that had to be there. Seeing therefore, it remaineth that some, what? What's that next word? Must enter therein. God has a people, folks. He has a people for himself, and they must enter into heaven. Multitudes perished in the wilderness, but the word of God did not and could not fall to the ground void. Canaan must be inhabited by Israel. Israel must possess the land of God's promise, and that stands today. That's today. That's as good today as it was when David walked this earth. Isn't that what we're looking at back then? Look down there again where it says uh, in verse 7. Again, he limited the certain day, saying in David, Today, after so long a time, as it is said, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Today is the day of salvation. Folks, we have been saved. We are being saved. And we shall be saved. As long as we walk this earth, our Lord is working everything out for our good. Everything. Don't miss this. God raised up Joshua as a type of Christ to do what Moses, who is the type of the law, could never do. And Joshua led the chosen nation into the land of promise. Christ leads you and I into the land of promise. We sing that song, All the Way My Savior Leads Me. God's people know that, don't we? We know that. The type must be fulfilled. The Lord Jesus, our great Joshua, must and shall bring God's Israel into the blessed rest of eternal salvation. Every one of them. The covenant promise must and it shall be fulfilled. Some must enter into rest, as we read there in verses 5 and 6. And then we saw today, again, he limits it at a time there in verse 7. A certain day, saying in David, Today, after no long a time, as it is said, Today, if ye shall hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Folks, did you know that nearly 400 years had passed between Joshua's day and David's day? But the word of God was the same then as it was in 400 years later. It's the same, it's the same word of God. The word is must. Why? Because God promised it. God promised his son a people. You could say it this way, even though it 
Nearly 400 years had passed between Joshua and David's day, but the word of God was the same in both days, just as it is right now. Today is our day, the day of grace and the day of salvation. This seventh verse specifically speaks of this gospel day. God set this day as the day when chosen sinners would enter into this rest, this true rest, which he promised by faith in Christ. Today, this gospel day is the day of salvation. Now is the acceptable time. We have nothing to do with the legal, typical rest or the Sabbath days that the world would love to, to, to say you must of the Old Testament. We possess what those days only pictured. And I'll show you that. Turn over to, mark your place here in Hebrew, and we're going to come back to it. Turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Our Lord declares very clearly in 2 Corinthians chapter 2 that we do not observe the seventh day, that our Sabbath, our rest is in Christ. Look here at 2 Corinthians verse 16 and 17. You know, I'm in the wrong book. I'm sorry. Turn up uh, Colossians. Look at chapter 2 of Colossians, verse beginning at verse 16. Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of an holiday or of the new moon or of the Sabbath day. Now, just to make sure we understand what that's saying, don't let anybody hold over you that you have to that you have to worship that you're not saved if you don't worship on the seventh day of the week. Don't let that's that's the Old Testament uh, regulations. Those are those are the pictures and types that God spoke about being fulfilled in His Son, the Lord Jesus. And just to make sure you understand that, look at verse 17, which are a shadow, a picture of things to come, but the body is of Christ. So just to make sure we understood this, that the, the, the Old Testament seventh day is, is nothing more than a picture of Jesus Christ who is our Sabbath, who, who we rest in His works. It says over in verse 8, back in our text, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 8, it says, For if Jesus had given them rest, then would He not afterward have spoken of another day. Now Joshua's name was changed from Hosea, let God save, that's what that, that's what that name means, Hosea, to Joshua, which means God shall save. And that's over in Numbers chapter 13, 16. He was named Let God Save, but then God changed him to God shall save when he was sent to spy out the land of Canaan. Now the law will bring us into a dry and thorny desolate wilderness. That's where the law takes you. It takes you out into a place where there is no gospel. It takes you out to a place where there is no hope. Why? Because nobody can fulfill the law. And we know that, don't we? You can't do it. Oh, there's a lot of people who think they can, though, don't they? Did not Israel grow and grow the, the religion of the Jews? Did it not grow and grow and look how good we are in keeping the law? Was not Saul of Tarsus one who felt there was nothing for him to be guilty of? Until the law, or until the, world, the Lord showed him he coveted in his heart. 
As far as the law was concerned, there was no guilt in Saul of Tarsus. The law takes you out into the wilderness, puts you in a place where you cry out, let God save us, for we cannot save ourselves, causing us to look to the gospel, the good news of Christ and Him crucified, which brings us to the land of rest and gives us a Savior who shall be called Jesus, for he shall save his people. Joshua and Jesus mean the exact same thing. Joshua is the Old Testament Greek. Jesus is the New Testament Hebrew. Joshua is called Jesus here because his name in the Old Testament means exactly the same thing as Jesus in the New Testament of whom he was a type of. Yet, even in the rest that he gave in Canaan, it was only a typical rest, a type of rest, and it was for the Lord spoke of another. He spoke of another rest that was more glorious. In verse 9, we read back in Hebrews chapter 4, there remaineth therefore a rest to the people. The word rest here is Sabbath, or Sabbath keeping. This is rest, this rest is Christ Jesus our Sabbath the Sabbath rest we find in him those sinners who are chosen of God in eternal election for whom Christ died and to whom faith is given those who believe on the Son of God do enter into a spiritual rest our Lord says my word is spiritual it's not carnal a spiritual rest it will be perfect a perfect rest in glory but it began right here on this earth we begin to put our works away we stop trying to earn our own way into salvation into the into the heavens and we realize there's nothing we can do where it's revealed to us that our only hope is in him is it a perfect rest I don't know about you it's not with me but it will be someday when the Lord takes me across that river, the River Jordan, we're going to talk a little bit about this in the next message. I picture that whacked out crazy dude in the, in the tombs of Israel. Where was he found? He was found sitting at the feet of Jesus in his right mind. Folks, that's what, that's what's for you and I. Oh, we've got so many troubles here on this earth, don't we? So many things raised its ugly head up against us in the world we're in. So many ugly things within ourselves raise up their ugly heads against us in this world. That'll all be gone. All the Sabbaths of the Old Testament, all those Sabbaths that were required by the law of God in the days of carnal, ceremonial worship were designed to picture this glorious gospel rest and the rest of heaven that shall follow. The Sabbath of those who belong to God is a Sabbath without end. As the Lord ceased from His works that we read about in Genesis 2-2, so do God's elect, believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, cease from our works when we trust in Christ. 
Trusting Jesus, that is all. That's what we just saw. This is what the law of the seventh day Sabbath was a portrayal of. Did you know that God also required a couple of other Sabbaths? One was Israel was to keep a seven year Sabbath during which the ground rested from its slavery, its curse, and its toil, portraying that rest which shall soon come to God's creation and His people. Hold your spot there in Hebrews again. Turn over to Romans chapter 8. Look with me, if you would, at Romans chapter 8. Two verses, 20 and 21. This is that seven-year rest. This, this is what the Lord is talking about here uh, in giving the, the world around us, the, the ground that we walk on, a rest. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope, because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. It's talking about the whole creation being delivered. The creature, the decay of death, shall be delivered into the glorious liberty of the children of God. That's what we read there. The law also requires a seventh year Sabbath. Every 49 years, the whole land celebrated a year of jubilee. During that time, all debts were discharged, all mortgages were canceled, all the bondmen were set free, and all that had been lost was restored. Do you get the picture? Do you get the picture of what Christ has promised you and I? Back in our text, Hebrews chapter 10, or chapter 4, verse 10, for he that is entered into his rest, he also hath ceased from his own works as God did from him. This verse very clearly applies both to Christ and to his people. The Lord Jesus had a work to do in preaching the gospel and in obtaining salvation and redemption for his people. This work was given to him and he finished it. He ceased from those works never to do them again. He said, it is finished. Is there anything that God does that he has to do it twice? If your God's trying, your preacher is lying. Our Lord is seated in heaven right now, folks, having entered into his rest, as we read over in Hebrews chapter 10. Turn there with me if you would. You don't need to hold your place. We're not coming back to four for right now. But turn over to Hebrews chapter 10 and look with me if you would, beginning at verse 5. Our Lord is seated in heaven having entered into his rest, as we read here in beginning at verse 5, Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared in burnt offerings and sacrifice thou hast prepared me in burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin thou hast had no pleasure. Then said I, Lo, I come in the volume of the book, it is written of me, to do thy will, O God. Above when he said, Sacrifice an offering and burnt offerings and offering for sin thou wouldest not, neither hast pleasure therein, which was offered by the law. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. We're talking about Christ being under that same uh, de declarative to rest in God, to be, to, to be in his rest. 
He must be in his rest as you and I must be in the rest that he has provided for us. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will. He taketh away the first that he may establish the second. By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Verse 11 goes on to confirm that even further. And every priest standeth daily ministering and oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. Verse 12, But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. From henceforth expecting till his enemies be he made his footstool, for by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Our Lord is sitting there on his throne in heaven. He has entered into his rest, just as we are told God ceased from his works of creation when he had finished them. This is exactly what every believer does when he comes to Christ. We cease from religion from the works of religions and we rest 